Honey, I switched the family to Boost Mobile and we got so much more. Like what? Well, we got four free LG Stylo 5 phones, four lines for $100 a month, I smashed up the car, and unlimited gigs. Wait, did you say you smashed up the car? Yes, it's completely smashed. But four free phones. Switch to Boost and get four lines for $100 a month. Four free phones with unlimited gigs, all on our super reliable, super fast nationwide network. Boost Mobile, the switch that gives you more. Terms and conditions apply. New customers only. Visit BoostMobile.com for details. I know, you know, we know why. I know, you know, we know why. You feeling my baseline, feeling my, feeling my baseline. You feeling my baseline, you feeling, you feeling my baseline. Welcome in to the That Being Said podcast with myself, Sammy Georgeur, my co-host. George Georgeur, we coming at you. Recorded in direct. Recorded in direct. And the reason we say that is because we are from Sant Live. You can watch most of our podcasts on a live version on Facebook.com slash Sant Sports. That's S-O-N-T Sports. But today is our Seattle special that we're trying to do once a week. It the might Seattle be tough. Super Pod. The Seattle Super Pod might be tough during this offseason. But we are here. This is a That Being Said podcast. Yeah, the Seattle Super Pod exclusive all Seattle topics, and uh, we're here and we're ready to get at it. And we're going to be talking the Seattle Seahawks. And I have a lot of things to bitch about from this playoff game. And George is here to say that identity is all that matters. Well, not that all that matters, but you know, okay. First of all, um, Seattle Seahawks obviously just lost on Saturday night against the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas, and it was a disappointing game. I mean, a lot of people. You know, had higher expectations for this game. Everyone thought we were a better team. Vegas thought we were a better team with the point spread. I think the most disappointing thing about this whole game wasn't that we lost. Sammy, tell me what was the most disappointing thing. The most disappointing thing in this game mm-hmm. was that Russell Wilson was handcuffed. Nope, nope, no, 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 no. You're, you're missing a big one. It's going to be a dumb joke. Let's go for it. it. It's not a dumb joke. Yeah, I mean, joke's on you. What did you get the spread at? That's okay. This is this hurts. <laughs> this really hurts. I'd rather lose the bet though and have the Seahawks move on to the next round. Well, true, but that wouldn't have been possible. But anyway, but I lost a giant parlay like for two of them that would have got me pretty much off of thirty bucks, a couple of five hundred dollars because I had the Seahawks at one and a half points and they lost by two, which everybody had them at two or two and a half somehow. But I bet them way too early because I was way too confident. Yeah, I mean that, that that was really disappointing. And so yeah, I just wanted to say I bet him at two and a half, nice cover, but it, I mean doesn't take away from losing the football game in general. Um, and your cover was we're not talking five hundred dollars. Yeah, we're not way. talking. No, I, I it was a single bet that was yeah. probably I think I bet twenty two dollars on that game, so it wasn't really that. Much Congratulations, money. but nothing, nothing, nothing like crazy. yeah. Uh, but really, the most so disappointing part of this game was Russell Wilson being handcuffed. In my opinion, I mean this guy. Makes you don't pay a guy thirty million dollars per year. Preach <laughs> per year and use him as you helped me find this word. I couldn't figure it out today, but as a decoy in a playoff game. Identity fuck your identity, okay? Identity's cool. I thought you were about to go with uh, the classic. Identity Yeah, identity identity, but identity. Identity is fucking awesome. That's great. That's how you go 
10 and 6 as a team that was supposed to be 4 and 11. But when you're in a playoff game and you have a $30 million quarterback who I, in my humble opinion, think he's a top five, you could argue sixth or seventh, whatever. I, I also have him in the top five. Yeah, okay. But doesn't that's yeah. why I said whatever. It's top five, six, seven, eight. doesn't matter. One of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. When you have that guy in the playoffs against a less experienced and an obviously less talented quarterback in Dak Prescott, there should be no reason in any – situation that the other team trust that quarterback Dak Prescott more than the Seahawks trusted Russell Wilson I love identity I get it but you're playing against one of the best defensive lines in the entire NFL and the run game was not there put your put put the ball in the hands of your best player your Super Bowl champ your future Russell Wilson your 30 million dollar guy team for sure for the last five years yeah uh, Russell Wilson and that's what just bothers me and at first, I thought that was a, oh, I'm just a guy that's a biased Seattle fan, right? Because you were telling me, oh, I don't feel that identity. But then the next morning I woke up, national media was talking about it. Everybody was talking about it. Pete Carroll was like, we probably wish we changed up the game plan a little more and trusted Russ, put the ball in Russ's hands more. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and I was like, maybe I'm not crazy. I did see something that was a little ridiculous in, in Dak Prescott throwing more passes than Russell Wilson. Yeah, the only thing I mean, Russell had two hundred thirty-three yards passing. I think the long he had that 50, 53 of them came on one pass to uh, Tyler Lockett, and he also had a twenty-six to Dixon. Other than that, I mean, they just they didn't really open up the game plan much for him. You're right, they didn't. But I kind of expected this. I kind of thought, you know, on the road we muck it up. Um, in general, the real problem is Chris Carson, thirteen carries for twenty yards. Mike Davis, four for ten. Uh, they bottled up our run game. The only one who got anything was uh, Rashad Penny had four carries for 29 yards, three carries for one yard, and one carry for 28 of them. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, that's, so, that's really the uh, big issue here was th- we couldn't get it going on the ground game. And I feel like that, to me, yeah, you got to keep running the ball a little bit, keep the defense honest. But at, maybe you're right. At some point in the game, they probably should have opened it up a little more and not waited all the way till the fourth quarter to do that. Yeah, I'll say this. I don't mean go into the game and say Russell's going to be a 55. He's going to be Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. We're throwing it 55 times today, running the ball six times, right? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you're you're up three in the run game's got you how many yards? Probably at that point, like yeah, I, probably – 25 30 yards you don't just keep running it up the middle on first and second down and this is where i got frustrated first and second down up the middle didn't try a sweep didn't try a pitch didn't try which uh, which uh, i mean the run pass option or the uh sorry when um oh my goodness a quarterback option where he can why am i missing this right i don't know when he puts it in the chest and pulls it out a run pass option, RPL. RPL. Okay, there it is. Thank you. But is it really a run pass option? Because really, the quarterback's running. Well, most of the time for Russ. True for Russ. Yeah. Like, yeah. Then, but you know what I mean. Then that's he, just an option. He. Yeah, it's an option technically. Russ's option. He was successful on that. And then play action. Russ started off the game was well, ten for eleven play action. Just want to say the uh, fifty-three yarder to Tyler Lockett was on play yeah. action, and he was ten for eleven on play action. And fourth, and then we decided until we were down in the fourth quarter not to utilize the offense that we all know is our best option mm-hmm. late in games and when it's a close game, which was let Russell take over. Yeah. I just thought it was dumb. 
I thought it was bad coaching. I thought it was one of the key problems I think the Seahawks have had in the last five years as a team is offensive coordinators that I just don't think have taken us to the next level. I, yeah. Russell statistically has had best seasons every single season is like his next best season. But I just feel like if we open up the playbook for him more, why not let him go to the next, next level? Yeah, and I guess that's a lot of what we're taking out of this game. It's kind of funny, though. I mean, it's not that funny, but when we lost the Super Bowl, it was all about, oh, we should have ran the ball, and now it's like, oh, we lost. We should have passed the ball. Like, I know it's a completely different situation. Different we're talking a play versus game plan. True. I know, I know. But in general, this is the team's identity, I feel like. I had no problem with the game plan absolutely at all. Maybe I would have opened it up a little bit more, but I, I just wouldn't have drastically. I mean, we ran the ball 24 times. We passed 27 times. I thought it's a healthy split. I wouldn't mind if it was 30-21, just a couple more passes here or there, uh, on, especially on first and second down. But in general, I don't believe, you know, like especially if you want to just go, let's, you know, find a random – Let's our, our touch, one of our touchdown um, – drives to put us up 14 10 we did rush up the middle for three yards right for no gain third third and seven up the middle for two yards fourth and five passed the ball when we went for it got it first down okay run. just for a second before second you down, keep going run third down russell wilson run first down run second and goal Russell Wilson run the whole one of our touchdown drives we only had one pass the whole entire drive and you don't and that was a First of all, it took a heroic throwing catch, but to, from Russell to Doug Baldwin on that fourth down. True. To no, no. E- on fourth down, if you're telling me that you think it's a good game plan to run the ball three times into fourth down and then throw, that's not a good game plan. I mean, we're talking about run up the middle for three yards, zero yards, and then run up the middle for what one yard, and then have to have Russ make a heroic throw on fourth down. Everything I heard on this drive was by the end was what. What was the first down? Russ running and getting out of escape on a third down or a first down running or making an incredible throw on fourth down. So this is the thing. We're talking the difference of having an identity and a run game plan and adapting inside of the middle of a game. Bill Belichick, who is probably the best coach in the NFL, if he had a game where the run game was hot, what would he do? Would he give Tom Brady 50 throws or would Tom Brady throw 12 times? He'd probably throw 12 times. Yeah. And if he had a game where the run game was giving him one yard per play, which Chris Carson, our starting running back, I think averaged 1.2. 1.2. Would Bill Belichick keep running the ball? No. No. But, I mean, at the end of the day, a real big problem I thought in this game before you get on to the offseason wasn't the offense. If you want to really look at it, it was the defense giving up. 26 carries for 137 yards to Zeke Elliott, which and we could not stop the run game at all. And the time of possession, 35 to 25, was just not good. You can't do that. Um, penalties, you know, both teams barely, you know, about the same, 5 for 36 and 6 for 36. <coughs> Excuse me, I choked. But um, there were some big penalties on the Seahawks in the fourth quarter that were pretty questionable to say the least and that and i'm not saying we lost the game because of them but really i think our defense let us down more than our offense did especially on the run game and controlling the clock uh controlling the clock i actually i'm gonna put that on the offense's fault also um that's true way too many three and outs because we ran the ball up the middle every damn play and we got fourth down punted fourth down punted fourth down punted so that is 
I put that on the offense. Yeah, the offense was doing nothing to stay on the field. Yeah. And I put that on the play calling again. The defense is fine. And to give up 24 points to a team that had maybe the best running back in the NFL, you're not, it's not a horrible game. And made some big defensive stops. Um, 23 and, first down to 11. I'm just going to – the yardage was about the same, three, 299 to 380. Yeah, I mean, overall, but I just feel like they controlled the run game so well on the ground and that ate up the clock and really – didn't give us that many opportunities to have the ball in general. Yeah, and I then, mean, I so if, if you have a running back that's eating up the clock and dominating, mm-hmm. I don't think the smart thing to do is play conservative offense. And that's where, once again, listen, if the Seahawks didn't play a conservative offense, probably putting up closer to 30 points this game, Cowboys are probably still around that 24. Yeah. Probably coming lot, out of a, lot, a lot of people agree with you on this. I just happen not to be one of them on it. I mean, I do agree some adjustment needed to be made, but overall I had no problem with the actual game plan because I think this is what, makes, what made this team successful. This I don't season. think anybody has a problem with the game plan. It's about the non-adjustment. Yeah, that's fair So enough. at the end of the day, always going with your identity. It'd be ridiculous not to, but if, if your identity is not working – you don't just stick to your identity when it's a do-or-die situation. I just wonder if we'd say the same thing if we won this game. I just wonder. We'd probably say, oh, that was exactly how we needed to play to win this game. No, because I think we were up at one point, and I, I'm pretty sure I was sitting there bitching that we run the same exact play. I, th- I found it interesting. I was listening to a podcast with no Seattle bias, Mike Lombardi mm-hmm. and, uh, on The Ringer, um, former coach or former GM, right? Not, hey, assistant GM. coach. Um, and he was an assistant coach, I think, at one point. I'm not sure about that. Um, but former yeah. GM for the Patriots and the Browns and a couple other, couple other spots, I'm sure. Um, he said he's never seen a playoff team run a more predictable offense in his entire career. And he, was like, mm-hmm. he said, first down, up the middle to the right. Second down, up the middle to the left. Third down, either give up on the play because we lost three yards and punt the ball or try to make Russ be heroic. I mean, certain. Po- I love the identity. I love the game plan of what works. Don't tell me if you're having a rough game and it's if it's uh, if it's not working, you should just keep doing it and accept the loss. That's where I just felt like they accepted the fact that we're not going to be able to run, but we're just going to keep doing it because we said we're going to do it. And uh, I appreciated the honesty from Pete Carroll saying, "Yeah, we probably should have switched up a little bit in that game plan." Well, fair enough. Um, to the off season, what, what what do you think we really? I mean, obviously we did our offensive line did get better this year. We have the second most cap space in the NFL. You told me at how much cap Sixth, space? Six, six most. Six most. The, the second youngest, youngest roster, roster in the NFL. Right. Um, just as a side note, the scary thing here is the youngest team in the entire NFL is the Indianapolis Colts, who have one hundred and twenty-two million dollars in cap space. Seahawks are the second youngest team in the NFL with sixty million in cap space, um, which is the seventh most cap space in the NFL, which is very promising. You look, There's a couple of decent teams actually there, the Browns, the Colts, the Seahawks, the Texans, but a lot of them are bad teams, the Jets, the Bills, the Raiders, Cardinals, Bengals, teams that are in that top 10 um, that have a lot of cap space. So we're in a very good situation. Uh, yeah. Young, second youngest team, top seven in cap space. Mm-hmm. You have your... Quarterback who's paid. You have Bobby Wagner, who I think he got paid recently. He got paid. Um, um, what you're really is going to have to decide here is who you're going to. I mean, I don't know what we're going to do for Old Thomas. Do we let him walk or do we franchise him again? Try to trade him. That's one thing because he's a free agent at the end of this year. Uh, who's K- going to Who's going to want him for a high price? I have no idea. But he refuses to do surgery on his leg because he wants to do it holistically, and we saw what that <laughs> did. It 
it re-broke. made him probably re-break his Unfortunately, leg. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, I I Dallas wants him. We know that. Yeah, but, but I don't know for what price. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm just saying he is. I don't know what we're gonna do with him. I don't know if we franchise him. We let him walk for nothing. I have no idea what we do there. We have KJ Wright's a free agent. Justin Coleman's a free agent. JR Sweezy, DJ Fluker. Fluker is someone I think we will bring back, and we might have to pay more than 1.5 million for this year. Uh, and then our kicker uh, who, who uh, pulled a hammy. Pulled a hammy, but uh, I don't know. We're bringing him back after him pulling a hammy, just because maybe you want to get a little younger on the kicking game. Yeah, they're not bringing him back. So he's also a free agent. So you got a couple places. You got your draft. Um, I think it's safe to say we will try to get Fluker back for sure. We'll Sweezy pro- probably. Sweezy and KJ Wright. I think we'll try to yeah, get back. We'll probably get Coleman back. It's not going to be that high of a price. Right. He was honest. at $2.9 million yeah. this year. He's not going to ask for much more than that. So, uh, for me, you're probably going to re-sign some of these guys at the low price, but you're still going to be open. Oh, I'm sorry. And Frank Clark. Who Frank Clark's going to get a good deal. Yeah. But he might not be in Seattle. Yeah, I mean, it's, it might be in Seattle. I'm just saying, he's gonna he's gonna have multiple offers around the league. As much as I would like more Seahawks players to make a Pro Bowl, we're kind of lucky he didn't make the Pro Bowl. It kind of shows us is because he was statistically should have been. He right. was really close in voting, but it's probably better for fewer agency that we have <laughs> him not point. a Pro Bowler, still a little bit under the radar for how good he was this year. Um, one thing that. You know, if they don't re-sign him, I do trust the Seahawks team with D linemen. Defensively, do I trust them with what they're drafting. Yeah. What I don't trust them usually with is more of the O line, offensive talents, which have seemed to be running backs and things like that. Right. And, and receivers and O linemen. Those, those all everything but quarterback. We've had a little more trouble figuring out. Um, but we have a couple pieces now on the O line where we don't have to worry about it too much. Yeah. But the one um, of them, Fluker, I think we really need to. Yeah, but when we back. sign those guys, I'm sure they'll be in yeah. the budget. And then you'll you'll pick up an O-lineman in the draft or pick up an average one in free agency. I think the big decision, really, the biggest decisions are going to be KJ Wright, who's 30, and Frank Clark, who's young, is going to need big money. I, I mean, And Mike Davis is probably gone, right? I mean, he's a free agent. You yeah. keep Carson. You have Penny, who hopefully will take a step up. Yeah, you keep Carson and Penny. That's right. I mean, Carson, uh, albeit he had a horrible game against Dallas, he was a Almost a Pro Bowl right, this year he had as well, a great, back. great season. Yeah, and you want him. Um, and he's still not going to demand that much, I'm sure. Right. So Carson, Sweezy. Well, Carson's not even a free agent, so you're oh, good there. My, so you're saying Davis. Uh, Mike yeah, Davis yeah. is a free agent. My big thing is make sure the O-line is shirt up. Make sure the, on both sides. So how, the how O-line, Brett, D-line. Brett Hundley. I mean, do you, uh, you need a backup quarterback at some point? In, yeah, I wouldn't worry league. about it too much. We got Brett Hundley midseason this year, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah but he got he's got seven hundred thousand rookie deal. He probably might think he's a starter somewhere in the league, or he might be a high end backup. I'm just saying that money can be spent pretty quick, and you need a backup quarterback at all. I mean, I, I would just get whoever the hell for backup. I mean, for now, in reality, these teams when you have a backup, if you if Russell goes out, yeah, your te- season's you're probably over anyway. yeah, yeah, your like, season's probably over anyway. But the thing is, you need a backup who can come in and win a game or two. If it's just, I mean, thank God Russell's never been hurt. But if he's out for two games, you want to have a backup who can come in and you know, if it's three games, even go one and two or two and one instead of zero and three. How many teams have that? Not too many, but if you can have that, that's a huge luxury. I wouldn't trust Brett Henley to do it. He nah, didn't do it with the Packers. Yeah, you're right. I wouldn't trust any backup right now. I mean, I, I don't trust some of these starters in that. That's a good so point, yeah. I'm not worried about backup quarterback personally just because, first of all, if Russ goes out, I think our season's over. Yeah, any, if he's out like two, three games. Yeah. If you got one game, then fuck it. If you lose one game, you lose one game without Russ. I wouldn't put much money or thought into a backup. Um, 
I think for them, the biggest focus is keep letting Carson get better and Russell get better, which is offensive line, and then just sure up your defense. If you don't want to pay KJ right, you better make sure you got somebody that's decent enough to replace him because he's a big piece. Fair enough. Um, wow. that's a good point. Yeah, I, I just I'm going offensive line. Defensive line are probably the two biggest, and then the linebacking core. I think the Seahawks have been pretty good at figuring out how to get viable safeties and corners. We've been pretty solid replacing those spots. Right. I mean, our defense looked fantastic this year, and we lost. I mean, the Legion of Boom is none of them are there anymore. Yeah. We other than Bobby, we wasn't even part. Yeah, 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 Legion Boom was all the the secondary. Yeah, and so I just say shrub the offensive line. I think we saw this year how big of a difference just having a guy like Fluker for a. Even though he's hurt some games when he was in, what did that do for Russ? What did that do for Chris Carson? What does that do for Dwayne Lock- Brown? Well, not just that, and just for the rest of the outside guys, Lockett and and Baldwin for Russell to have more time, right? Yeah, yeah. For Dwayne Brown, it's helpful, I guess. But I mean, in general, every piece that you add to the offensive line is going to help the offensive line. Yeah, so I keep showing up the offensive line because if you can keep our prize possession in the middle, Russell Wilson healthy, I think this team can be in the playoffs for the next. Five years like they've been outside of last yeah, year. Yeah, like I was telling you, I mean, I mean, everyone put this foregone conclusion that the Los Angeles Rams were going to make the uh, playoffs and win the division. Oh, they're locked up for the next seven years. I don't really think so. I think that the Seahawks could win the division next year. I mean, obviously, it depends on what happens this offseason, who we sign, who leaves, and, and what you know what the you know rosters all look like. But I don't think this division is just the Los Angeles Rams and then everyone else. Yeah. They're uh, good. They're they're the favorite, and we'll find out. They're gonna have to start paying people even more. Yeah, um, they've already been a little disappointing. I, I I know it sounds crazy, and you told me this other week. Oh, the two seed, they are probably the least intimidating two seed in the NFL. I've seen in a while. I mean, like there, there are people picking the Eagles to beat them in a six seed. The, the Rams play the uh, Cowboys. It's, you know what's funny about that? Why do we keep saying that? Because I day. said that the other day. You corrected me, and you just said it. And now I corrected you. I don't know how. The, I don't know why we keep saying that. Because they. It's because no you why. said it. I think that's <laughs> yeah. what it was. They, yeah, like they are playing. The Cowboys are probably going to beat the Rams. I. I mean. Hey guys, listen to our, uh, our. If you're listening to this, you don't. You're not listening to our live show, so listen to our podcast on Friday where we preview all NFL games. Um, it's not just a Seattle podcast on Friday. Um, I will probably be picking the Cowboys to beat the Rams. I think they will. Better run game. I know. And Gurley might not even play. He could be I know. Still, um, I, I just it's going to be more Cowboy fans in LA. So I, that's how I feel it. Um, this is why I don't think the Rams are going to dominate the division. You look at the Seahawks. They they have this calf space. Where are the Rams in calf space? Let's see. They're probably in the middle of the pack. They're 15th, I literally, middle of the pack. Middle of the pack. Um, but uh, honestly, I haven't seen development out of Goff as, as much as we probably wanted to this year for Rams fans. So you got the best quarterback in the division. You probably still have the best coach. I know Sean McVay is hot. Topic, but Pete Carroll's the best coach. Yeah. I mean, maybe Sean McVay is the future best coach or the most innovative coach, or the like you said, the future best coach. Pete Carroll's won in college level and NFL. Yeah. He's the best coach. The young, second youngest roster in the NFL. All this cap space. I don't see any reason why why the Seahawks shouldn't have an opportunity to be division winners again. Especially with you look at the Rams. As much as they seemed like a young, fun team, they're 24th in age. Right. Yeah, because they got a lot of veterans on the yeah. team. And then they're going to have to figure out who to pay. 
Exactly. So that's what we need to do in the off season. I guess before we sign off on this podcast, um, I kind of want to, you know, get the season in review. Two, two, two questions. First one I'm going to give you, Sammy, is what was your favorite moment of the season? Favorite moment? Mm-hmm. I went to London for the game. So that has to be. Yeah, there. but like outside of that, listen, I went to the London game. They won, played the Raiders. I expected them to win. I had fun. That's obviously going to be my highlight just because I went to London for the game. Mm-hmm. If I didn't go to London for the game, would that be the highlight of the season? Absolutely not. Um, damn, the highlight of the season. Or like your most memorable moment of the season to you. Uh, you know what it is? Outside of the London game, mm-hmm. it would be on my birthday night, Thursday night football. We had a house full of family and friends. Okay. Um, we had our garage going, drinks. For those that don't know us, we're Middle Eastern. We smoke hookah or argile, whatever you want to call or it. Or shisha. Shisha. Um, doesn't get you high, but it's fun. Uh, it can if you want it to, but yeah, we don't. If you want to put weed in it, but it's tobacco. Um, we had a garage, maybe what, 10, 15 people in there? I think around 11.3. Okay. 10, 15 <laughs> people in there. We had like 10 friends, my brother, my family members, my mom and dad. Um and watch Thursday Night Football when the Seahawks beat the Green Bay Packers, beat Aaron Rodgers. I, I was a little drunk. I was yelling. I was telling Aaron Rodgers to suck my my suck my suck dick in front of my our mother. It was not, not good. This is not a rated uh, PG yeah. podcast. It's not rated PG. I was telling my mother to suck my dick. and I was yelling at Aaron Rodgers, and, and my mom was right there. And it was kind of bad, but it was a good memory. Thursday night, big win. I'm drunk. Mom, it's my birthday. Our mom was thrilled with that memory. But... She doesn't care because it was my birthday. You could do what you want on your birthday. That's my why you're birthday, the birthday. I boy. can cry if I want. Is that the song, right? I think so. Yeah. Uh, well, my favorite moment of the season was <laughs> a funny one. And most memorable, right? That's what the question was. Earl Thomas <laughs> getting carted off the field and giving a big middle finger to the Seahawks sideline. Which uh, oddly I, was a turning point. Of the season. <laughs> I was about to get there. like, Which is oddly the turning point of the season. Like, I don't know. <laughs> the Cardinals. I'm going to see what the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. So. Uh, we won that game. I think that was our second win of the season, right? Because we beat the uh, Cowboys week three, and I think we played the Cardinals week four to go two and two. Um, yeah, that, that was my most memorable moment of the season. You gave a big fuck you to the Seahawks sideline, and we gave them a big fuck you back by going on a run and making the playoffs. So, yeah, we were one and two at the time, beating Dallas, losing to the Bears and Broncos. Um, had a close game against the Cardinals, of course, while he was playing. Then he got hurt, flicked us off, lost the next week. But since then, we went one, two. We had four losses. And we only one had and three. We went nine and three nine, the rest. Nine away. and four. Nine and four the rest away. So it was oddly. Well, nine and four because we lost the playoff game, but nine and three in the regular season. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Odd, oddly, the turning point of the season was Earl Thomas – Getting hurt and then he flick. No, and not, not that I like anyone ever getting hurt. I wish it was less serious of an injury for him. But the whole flick off thing was pretty funny. The whole drama. Is and it everything. flick off or flip off? Flick off. I don't know. I call it flick. I think it's flip off, right? I don't know. I call it flip. I don't know. I say whatever. Actually, I probably said both. Okay. Not sure. I'm just wondering what like, the correct term. Is. And today it looks like the Seahawks are firing their head strength and conditioning coach, Chris Carlisle. Really, I think like everyone, everyone looks pretty. 2010. Everyone looks pretty buff to me. He's been with them since 2010, and Pete Carroll brought him to Seattle after their nine seasons together in U- at USC. Well, so he's been with him for 18 years. Yeah, well, well, nine plus eight 
is 17. Well, okay, yeah. but I put 9 plus 9 because we're in 2019, but it's only been like nine days. Yeah, so they haven't played there. Yeah. So that was that's kind of weird. Yeah. I wonder why. Well, then the guy must be pretty fucking old, too. He's probably too old to be a strength and conditioning. Yeah, exactly. Let right. me get like a like 29-year-old that's like buff. And the guy from, what was that, College Northwestern. Northwestern? Yeah, let's get the Northwestern strength and conditioning. Alex, whatever his name is. Yeah, just um, wears really tight shirts on the sideline. Uh, and I guess my second question, you got to rate the season – Get graded. Me personally, yes, or like what? No, no. What, right what, what, what's your? Well, <laughs> hopefully, you want to try to give the right answer. No, because to me, it's different. Well, yeah, Buster when you read this season, you're the teacher. You have the report card. You're, you've read the paper. You're doing the essay. We're different teachers. We got different opinions. What are you grading it? It would have been an A minus. Okay. If we had a better fucking game plan. The stupid ass game that we played against the Cowboys, worst game plan I've seen out of Pete Carroll. It would have been an A minus, but I'm gonna go with a B plus. Here's why I say B plus. Surprise, your grades higher than mine. Higher than yours. Yeah. A good season would be a we had a we had a good season. It's yeah. like around a B B plus. Yeah, that's why I'm gonna go B. But yeah, here's the thing. This team was. I thought they're gonna be 11 and five. They to be an A, they had to be around 11 and five. And also not play like ass in the playoffs. They should have won one of the first two games of the year against the Broncos or Bears. Mm-hmm. Probably shouldn't have lost that game to the 49ers. Probably could have been around 11 and 5, right? Um, 11 5, 12 and 4. That would have been like an A. I'm going B plus because I still made the playoffs. Okay. Still had success this year. Um, I, personally, I think if they really had a different game plan, they probably would have won this playoff game. I don't think Dallas was a much superior opponent to them. We beat them earlier in the year at home. Um, same type of game kind of um but i think they put a little more trust in russ in that game too um and Dak prescott sucked that game that's what it was carson went 32 carries for 102 yards that would have been nice that'd be nice um so i'm going with a solid b plus um i'm expecting an a minus next year i mean i'm giving this a solid b like uh you made the for me like i kind of here's my skill of like this season like this is not on expectations i'm just grading the season right so C is an eight and eight season. B minus is like a nine and seven, but you missed the playoffs. B, you made the playoffs, you're good. B, you get to second round. B plus, A minus for the conference championships, and A is winning, getting to the Super Bowl. A plus is the. So you're two. not you're not grading on a curve. I am. I'm okay, grading I'm on based on, on expectations, yeah. based on like the Cleveland Browns had an A plus season. For the Cleveland Browns. Okay, for the Cleveland Browns, true. Okay, I, I see how you're – I'm just grading on, like, based on what this – Oh, for grading it, like, compared to everybody in the yeah. NFL, they had a B or B minus season. Yeah. B, that, B they made the playoffs. Yeah, that's how I feel. Okay, but then with fair. expectations, I give it also a B because I thought they were going to be uh, – Well, I No, with expectations, be. you would give it, like, an A plus compared to your ex- – your True, my expectations. You, George, had them at, what, 4 and 12? I think 3 and 13. 3 and 13. So for your expectations, they had an A plus season. It's true. Like for the Browns, I say that A plus. They've they times seven seven hundred percent increase on wins. Yeah, okay. That's so that's why I, I I was basing it on a curve. But either way, it's probably they fall in a B range. Good season, not great. Fair enough. Uh, I, some people say slight overachieve. Mm-hmm. I say slight underachieve because I thought we could have been a second round team. But it depends how you how you put it on a curve. Fair enough. Um, we'll be doing more Seattle podcasts here. I know uh, it's going to be a little 
more tough without uh, football right now for the Seattle. There's actually no Seattle. Is there any Seattle sport going on there? No, but I wouldn't mind doing a little Mariners podcast yeah, next week. Yeah, we'll do a Mariner podcast. Um, um, and then I'm sure we can find, you know, if Huskies basketball starts playing good, which I hope happens, that, that'd that be great. And we just go from there. Yeah, it doesn't need to be current news either. We can talk no. about past stuff, interesting stuff. I do want to say the Mariners, the reason I would love to talk about them, I did see a cool meme. Funny meme actually about like two different sodas. One was like rebuilding. The second one said uh, it was like a soda machine. Mm-hmm. You know, you used to you put yeah. two sodas. It was a soda machine that said one said rebuilding was one of the sodas. The other one was signed stars from Japan, and then it was a Mariners cup. Nice, and I like that. Pouring both of them, right? And uh, that's what's interesting about this. We had Dustin Ackley resigned too, which is just it's a minor league deal, but it's funny. Saved a lot of jerseys in Seattle. And it is funny that we throw away shop and then we sign, I think, for $50 million, three years, a Japanese star uh, pitcher who's never, I mean, he's going to come to a bad team now. Very interesting model. I don't know what the Mariners plan on, but that's something we should talk about. The Mariners yeah, plan. I like the Mariners' plans, and they plan to give me a heart attack, I think, is one of their plans. Uh, I'm, not, I'm actually very easy with them now because I know we're not going to be good this year. Last year, I'm like thinking playoffs. Now I'm expecting bad. So best case scenario is a positive. It's like you with yeah. the Seahawks this year. You're expecting bad. How much better was this than what you expected? Oh, much right? better. You know, that's what I'm going to do for now. I'm just going to expect shit and hope for something good. Eh, it's possible. I like that. Oh. All right. Um, all right. We'll be back next week, and you can find us tomorrow on our NFL show live on Facebook.com slash S-O-N-T sports. Um, that's going to be all NFL. So come check that out if you want. This is Sports on tap. This is Sports Radio Redefined. The Seattle Super Podcast, baby. Man, how can you afford gas for that big SUV? I pay less for gas than everyone else. I got the free Get Upside Gas app and get up to 25 cents a gallon cash back every time I buy gas. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're getting up to 25 cents off a gallon with the free Get Upside Gas app while I'm paying full price? You know it. People earned over a million dollars last year. You just got to take a picture of your gas receipt and bam, up to 25 cents a gallon cash back. You don't have to tell me twice. I'm downloading the free GetUpside gas app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code NEXT for a 20-cent gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 45 cents a gallon on your next tank. Just download the free GetUpside app at the App Store or Google Play and use promo code NEXT. Save money on gas on every fill-up. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code NEXT. That's N-E-X-T.